reading Psalm 45. If you remember from last week, Psalm 45 is a wedding benediction. In fact, it is, as the title so describes it, a love song. Yet the marriage which is being celebrated here is unlike any earthly marriage because the subject is the Messiah and his bride. Thus Psalm 45 is, in all truth, a messianic psalm. In verses 10 through 15, the focus now turns from the king, that is the Messiah, to his bride. And what we see about the bride is, first, her allegiance in verses 10 and 11. Second, her recognition in verse 12. And then third, her splendor in verses 13 through 15. We'll turn our attention to verses 10 and 11 and consider her allegiance to her husband, the king. First of all, we see that she submits herself to the will of of her husband. The opening words of verse 10 say, Hear, O daughter, and consider and incline your ear. Hear, consider, incline your ear. This language speaks of a compliance of her will to his, which results in obedience to what he commands and thereby in the direction he takes. She brings herself to embrace his word and way of life. And the first and most demonstrable fruit of such submission is that she must renounce all others for him. Look at the second clause in verse 10. Forget your people. And your father's house. Forget your people and your father's house. Her love for her husband must exceed what love she had for her own family. Never again can her life be defined and determined by her parents or siblings. That is... The home that she has left can never again say what she is because she has entered a new home with her husband. And going further in the text, we see also that she reveres him and even worships him. You see this in verse 11 And the king will desire your beauty since he is your Lord. Bow to him. And suddenly we see where the analogy breaks down. And all the husbands in here go, she can't worship me? (laughs) No, you're just not all that. No. Yeah, clearly now we see the marriage spoken of in these words are not of this world. This marriage is not of this world. No. Now this is the marriage between Christ the Lord and his bride the church. 
joined in spiritual union with Christ, we, as the church, his bride, we have a, a new life that has renounced our old life. And even our dearest relationships in this world will not rival the devotion and love we have for Christ. And again, I'm putting emphasis on these words in verse 10. Forget your people and your father's house. Now take your Bibles and turn to Matthew 10. Because I want you to see where the truth and principle of those words in Psalm 45 verse 10 are echoed and even made more plain in Matthew 10. In Matthew chapter 10 and beginning at verse 34, listen to the recorded words of Jesus Christ our Lord. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. And now look at these next two statements. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not what? Worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So can a Christian say then, family is everything. If you do, you're an idolater. You're guilty of idolatry. No, your family is not everything. Your sons, your daughters, husband, wife, parents, no, they are not everything. Jesus says so. In fact, Christ says, if you love them more than me, guess what? You're not identified with me. You're not identified with me. Now, you think those are tough words? Turn to Luke chapter 14. These get tougher. And again, all of this is echoing those words in Psalm 45. Forget your people and your father's house. Luke chapter 14 And starting at verse 25 of Luke 14. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the costs, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, 
saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. I didn't say that. Jesus says that. Jesus says that. You have a problem with this, you have a problem with Christ. The Lord says this. Now, of course, I know the interpretive question... But surely he doesn't mean that we actually hate our, our family, does he? He means this. Whatever love you have for your spouse, for your children, for your parents, whatever love that is, that love never exceeds, that love is never superior to, that love is never greater than your love for Jesus Christ. Never. Never. Because the moment it becomes greater than your love for him, you're guilty of idolatry. That's idolatry. The Lord says, you shall have no other gods before me. Can you make a God of your family? Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And I have seen so many Christians who do, in fact, make a God of their family. They bow the knee. And that is a sin. And they need to repent. Again, coming to Christ, closing with Christ, following him as his, we renounce all. For him. We renounce all for him. And to tie that back into marriage, I'll say this as an aside. So obviously, the kind of submission and the obedience that we see spelled out here in the poetical words of Psalm chapter 45 regarding the, the, the bride to her, her husband, the king, clearly, that obedience and submission is absolute unconditional but in a christian marriage the submission of a christian wife to her christian husband is never absolute unconditional and the scriptures make that very clear ephesians 5:22 says wives submit to your own husbands as unto the lord If your earthly Christian husband who's fallen, infallible, and sinful leads you to sin against Christ, you do not submit to him. You tell him, I can't follow you there because you're not following Christ. The submission has limits. The submission has conditions. But our submission to Jesus Christ our submission to him who is our Lord, our God, our King. There are no limits. There are no conditions. It's unconditional. And thus, 
And thus we read, since he is your Lord, bow to him. Worship him. That is the response of us as the church to our great king, to our great Lord, Jesus Christ. And thus, our allegiance to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for for how concrete the commitment is laid out in the revelation of your word as it concerns our allegiance to your Son, Christ Jesus, our Lord, which is also our allegiance to you, Holy Father, and our allegiance to the Spirit of God, the eternal triune God as a whole. And even in poetical language, inspired of the Spirit as we have read this morning in Psalm 45, yet we hear the call of this total and complete surrender, this unconditional submission, this unconditional obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ, that we are to renounce all for him, to forget your people, to forget your father's house, not even our dearest, closest relationships, earthly speaking, are to dare rival our devotion and love for the Lord Jesus. But Heavenly Father, we do confess this morning that such love and devotion to Christ our Lord has not been with a consistency in the whole entire course of our Christian lives where we have not been guilty of idolatry, where we have not been guilty of loving someone more than Christ, and especially when it comes to our family. And so, Father, we humbly ask your forgiveness for such sinful idolatry. And we ask this forgiveness from you only by the blood and righteousness of Christ Jesus our Lord. But we also pray, Father, and plead with you for the working of a greater repentance in our lives, that you will turn our hearts fully, entirely to Christ Jesus our Lord, our Master, our King, our Savior. That when Jesus commands us to follow him, it will be unconditional obedience. An obedience without limits. A surrender without limits. A submission that is total and full. And Father, we, we ask that if there is anything, Lord, in our lives, even presently speaking, that is rivaling such obedience, 
unto Christ, unto you, unto the Spirit, our great Lord, eternal God. Lord, open our eyes to see it. Convict us of whatever that may be, and we trust you for the grace to flee from it and to put it to death. We thank you, Father, for the process of sanctification as we strive to be more and more conformed to the image of Christ Jesus our Lord. We thank you that it is not a striving in vain because it is not a striving by our own mere and pitiful efforts. It is a striving in the power of the Spirit. And so we trust for the Spirit's greater power even here today in this regard that we will become more and more the people of God in our sanctification who are far more faithful and true to you, Lord, as we would flee those things that would call for a greater devotion than our devotion to you. These things we ask for the sake, for the honor, for the glory of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, in his name we pray. Amen and amen.